Hi, I'm Pastor Kaylee. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Wood Street Chapel in Fortuna, California. You can find out more information about our church at www.woodstreetchapel.org. We're going to be continuing our study in the, the book of Philippians and this call that we see yet again to everyday joy. And as we look at this call to everyday joy, what, what can stand in the way of everyday joy for us? The, the question that we need to consider is, is what, what areas of our life, what aspects of our life that, that we face can sometimes be an obstacle in that area? And sometimes what, what can be an obstacle is the, the worries, the, the concerns, the, the anxiety that we face on a, a day-to-day basis. When it, it's maybe easier to, to talk about everyday joy when things are working the way they're supposed to. It's easier to talk about everyday joy when there's enough food on the table, when you know where your next paycheck's coming from, where you aren't concerned about the water getting turned off, where you aren't dealing with illness in your life or your family's life, where you have good and right relationships with the people around you, all of those things. When that's all happening, it's, it's pretty easy to have everyday joy. It's when we get into the midst of those difficulties that we start saying, man, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Before we, we go too far this morning, there's some very key points and distinctions that we're going to make about anxiety and about worry. And we're going we're gonna to really dissect what that means and what that means from a scriptural context and uh, the context of maybe some of the clinical anxiety that exists in the world today because there's a difference and we need to talk about that and we need to understand that. But as we go through and we're talking about worry and anxiety, one of the things that we're going to focus on this morning is really the, the key here is how do we respond to it? Because the fact is we're all, we all have worry. We all have different areas of anxiety that exist in our life to some degree or another. And the question now becomes how do I respond to that? What, what is my reaction to that? One of the the points that I think the church has maybe done a poor job in addressing is the fact that worry and and anxiety are going to exist in your life and their existence in your life is not reflective of your lack of faith. The fact that you have anxiety, the fact that that there is a concern that exists for you is not indicative of, of you doing something wrong. That's just being human. That, that's a reality, and it's so damaging to say, well, you shouldn't have any worries in your life. If you do, you're not doing something right. I mean, what? what? What that does is that just forces us to hide and internalize everything that's happening in our life because, goodness, if I'm not supposed to have any worries, then I, I don't want anybody else to see that I'm dealing with that. And so all of a sudden, we're carrying all of this baggage internally, and we're, we're so... Uh, determined to make sure that we're putting up a a good front that we're not even real anymore. But the fact of the matter is worry and anxiety exist and they aren't indicative of a lack of faith. 
our response to those areas in our life is what's key. And so as we look at, at what the Apostle Paul has to say about worry and anxiety, as we, we look at what the Apostle Paul writes in this letter, I would ask that we, we stop and, and take a moment to think about perspective. Perspective is incredibly important if you have heard interviews that come back from astronauts when they go up into space, um, you know, they're, they're maybe orbiting in the International Space Station, they're in the space shuttle, whatever the case may be, even when you hear about the people that have, you know, orbited the Earth in the, the first capsules, the, the thing that you hear most frequently is how small the Earth looks. And you hear how, how this perspective of, of the the maybe the disagreement that that person had with their, their neighbor over you know, a tree or a bush or the, the disagreements that people have uh, you know, with one another in terms of, of wars between nations or, or political issues or economic problems, all of those issues kind of tend to disappear when you're out in space and you're orbiting the earth. But do they disappear? They don't. They're still there. It's just that perspective changes, and, and they're, they're less critical at that point. And so this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to stop for just a moment and, and look at the anxieties that exist, look at the worries, the concerns that we have, and, and see if we can change perspective. See if we can look at things with a heavenly perspective and, and through that heavenly perspective work to see that, that Christ is moving in our lives and Christ is, is going to be addressing those areas. And so this morning as we receive from the Holy Spirit through his word, my prayer is that we would have God's perspective on those areas in our life where, where worry and anxiety are prevalent. In Philippians 4, 4 through 9, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests, requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you always. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. You know, one of the, the easiest things to remember when it comes to uh, scripture study, the study of, of the word, is if they say it more than once, it's probably something that we need to pay some attention to. It says rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. And, and maybe he says it twice because it's so easy for us to forget. It's so easy for us to, to step away from that. And it's time for us to, to come to that weekly reminder. Where is Paul? He's in prison. <laughs> He's in chains. 
He's away from the people he loves. His friends have abandoned him. He is stuck in this place, and yet he is reminding others to rejoice. We're called to find joy right where we are. We're called to to adopt a heavenly perspective, an eternal perspective where we, we recognize that the sufferings of this earth, the hardships that we face in this earth are but for a short period of time. And sometimes when you read that particular verse, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, we equate that to saying, well, I need to be happy all the time. I, I, I have to be happy all the time because that's what the Bible says. And there is a very clear distinction between what it means to be happy and what it means to have joy. Happiness is a, is a fleeting thing. Happiness is something that we are not promised. Joy is something that we can have in the midst of those difficulties, in the midst of that hardship. And it's interesting if we look at this. So Paul goes from rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, to talking about reasonableness. Reasonableness. What, what is that? Like, how is that related? That has, has nothing to do with this. Why, why would he make that jump? And I think the reason that he wants to, to make that shift in, in topic is that there's, there's two different approaches that exist when it comes to worry. The, the first approach is that the, the sky is falling and that there, my world is ending, this particular area in my life is going wrong and there's nothing I can do about it. Oh my goodness, what is gonna happen? Because this is happening, this, this, and this is bound to happen. I'm sure there's no way I can ever survive this. The sky is falling. So that's our first way to approach the worries and the concerns that exist in our life. And is that healthy? Of course not. Then there's the, the opposite. There's those people that, that are dealing with worry and anxiety and concern in their life to the point where they just ignore it. So, well, if I don't look at it, it it's not there, right? And so the, the question is, should you maybe be doing something about those anxieties and those concerns that exist in your life? So let's use the example of your house is on fire. If your house is on fire and you're, you're sitting there in your lawn chair in front of it, it's like, we're good. Everything is fine. No, get up and do something about it. Like, <laughs> get a hose, like, I don't know, <laughs> call, call the, the fire department. There, there needs to be some form of approach to actually dealing with it. So th- what we see here with these two approaches is obviously there's some happy medium that we need to find, right? Somewhere between, oh my goodness, the world is going to end because, you know, my house is on fire and everything's fine, but my house is on fire. And so what Paul's talking about here is we're called to rejoice, we're called to find joy in every circumstance, but in the midst of that joy, we're also supposed to be reasonable. He's not saying, hey, just, I am so joyful that my house is on fire. This is great. Everything's gonna be just fine. No, that's, that's not what he's saying. And so that's why he's talking about reasonableness. 
There should be a reasonable approach for how we handle the concerns that we're dealing with. And, and when we handle a concern or a worry or an anxiety, the, the issues that exist, when you handle those things with reasonableness, it's proof that God is active in my life. It's saying, God, I, I recognize that you are in control of this situation. I'm going to do everything that you have empowered and enabled me to do, and I'm going to lean on you for the rest. And after we have gone through that process of rejoicing, we're then called to reject. Do not be anxious about anything, is what verse 6 says. And this is one of those verses where we can sometimes feel like Paul is just completely out of touch. (laughs) Where you just feel like Paul has no idea what he's talking about. How many of you, upon hearing the command, you know, do not be anxious about anything, just want to walk and say, Paul, shut up. There's this temptation to say, Paul, you have no idea what's going on in my life. You have no idea the things that I am, am facing. My job is at risk. My health is at risk. The health of a loved one is at risk. I don't know how I'm gonna pay those bills that we were talking about. All of these different things, there are real areas of concern that exist in my life. As a pastor, there are, are some areas that exist in your life that are, are creating anxiety that are being, they exist because you made choices that led you there. <laughs> there, there are areas in my life that create anxiety and worry because I made a choice that, that brought me there. And in those instances, let's, let's work together and figure out how we need to move forward from that. But then there are other areas that exist in our life that are creating anxiety, that are creating worry that are completely outside of our control. Those particular areas that that we we come alongside one another and and we we comfort each other. And it's in those areas that that you're most likely gonna be pushing back against Paul saying, you have no idea what I'm dealing with. The important point here is that Paul's not telling us to ignore our problems. Remember, we we were just talking about reasonableness. He's talking about bringing those problems, those worries, those concerns to a God who loves us. Recognizing that, that I don't need to carry those particular burdens, that I can bring those to a God who loves me. The Bible doesn't make a distinction between general life anxiety and clinical anxiety disorders that we diagnose in psychiatry. Did you know that? And do you know why they don't do that? It wasn't invented yet. That, that psychiatry didn't exist at the time, so there wasn't a distinction between the the worries and the concerns that that are just kind of the everyday things that we deal with and the clinical issues that people deal with. What we start to see here is that... Actually... Let's say this here. So 
it's clear that people experience anxiety in the Bible. If you look at, at the experiences that exist in the Bible, there are experiences where we see people dealing with worry. We see people dealing with anxiety. I mean, let's talk about the, the disciples in the boat during the storm. Let's talk about, well, this is my last you know, oil and flour. This is the only bread that I'm going to be able to make. How am I going to handle this? There's areas of anxiety that exist. And those areas of worry and were varying degrees of severe. And it's not difficult looking back at those areas of concern to attach some level of, of clinical diagnosis to them, right? We could look back and say, oh, that person had this particular disorder potentially. But regardless of whether we're reading about general life worries or something that maybe does fit into a clinical uh, anxiety, there's a lot that we can learn about in the Bible about dealing with anxiety, about how we're, we're called to address that area in our life. There's this uh, Dr. Benjamin Chang. He's a, a medical professional in the UK, and he writes this online article of, about a professor, John Wyatt. He's speaking to these medical students in 2014, and he says that the human nature is being composed of four different dimensions, all of which require care, the physical, the psychological, the relational, and the spiritual. And why it went on to emphasize how integrally linked these four dimensions are. So physical illness can have a psychological effect. Physical illness can have a relational effect and it can have a spiritual effect. Relational problems can, ha can result in physical problems. Psychological and spiritual issues have, have their own effects. And so we see that in these four different areas, we see that there's effects that translate to the other four, right? So depending on which one is affected. So if we take a moment and talk about, there's some misconceptions that exist about mental health, about anxiety from Scripture today. So one of the myths that we see is that Jesus commanded us not to worry. In Matthew 6, it says, you're not supposed to worry, so if you do worry, then you're sinning. That's, that's a myth that exists in the Bible, but the truth is Jesus encourages us not to worry about any, anything, specifically about money, is what Matthew's talking about in chapter 6. In Matthew 6, 25, he was issuing a command saying, don't worry about where your resources are going to come from, because I'm going to provide for you. He was encouraging us not to worry about the things that we need because God provides. He was never saying, don't worry, and if you do worry, there, that will be a sin. Another myth is if you don't have peace or joy, you must not be trusting God enough. Emotional honesty is a part of faith. And faith is, is this act of coming to God, saying, God, this is who I am. This is exactly who I am. These are the, the concerns that exist in my life. And I'm bringing them to you, knowing that you can do something with them. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, he invites us to come, just as we are. He doesn't say, get everything together, get, get everything set up so that you don't have any problems with faith in your life. He says, come as you are. Come confused, 
come anxious, come tired, come angry, come stressed out, and God will take you as you are. Another myth is that if you read God's word more, if you pray more, if you worship more, if you give thanks more, if you rejoice more, you will have a peace that surpasses all understanding. Did you know that faith is not emotional amnesia? Faith doesn't say, well, because you had faith, everything that, that was you know, going on in your life is now all of a sudden erased. It just doesn't exist anymore. Faith gives us courage to, to walk in the midst of that. It gives us the courage to say, this is, this is what's going on in my life, but I can stand firm knowing that God is faithful. Jesus himself came and he, he obeyed and he prayed and he praised and he gave thanks. And yet he still suffered emotional trauma. He was overwhelmed by what he knew was coming at the cross. He said, God, if, if you can take this from me, do it. When the apostle Paul is encouraging the, the church in Philippi to not be anxious about anything, he's encouraging us to express our dependence on God. Another myth is that the Bible tells us to forget our past and focus on what's ahead. But the truth is that God remembers. God remembers the moments where, where we're broken. And we remember those moments that were, were broken as well. And we can point back to those and say those areas are the areas where God was most faithful. when the Apostle Paul is talking about forgetting what's behind and, and looking forward to the cross, straining toward what is ahead, he's not talking about erasing our past. He's talking about forgetting the, the ways that we used to live, setting aside the, the things that, that would get in the way and focusing on the worth that we have now. The, the last myth that we have here is that you don't need anyone else. You just need Jesus. You just need God's word. That's, that's all you should need. You shouldn't need any help. If I cut off my arm, do I need to go to a doctor? I should go to a doctor. If you look at the healing instances that were taking place in Scripture, there was somebody that was involved in that, right? There was typically another person. There was maybe somebody that brought the, the person to Jesus. There was maybe some different type of interaction that was happening there. If you've been hurt spiritually, if you've been hurt psychologically, then doesn't it make sense to talk to people that are, are experts in that field that can, can promote healing? The, the healing that Jesus Christ brings? Why would we not think that maybe if there's a chemical imbalance that exists that's, that's creating mental issues that we wouldn't want to get that addressed? 
Doctors help us heal from physical wounds. God uses therapists. God uses psychiatrists. God uses psychologists to to bring healing in those areas as well. And this is something that the church typically doesn't like to talk about. Sometimes it's, it's very easy for us just to say, well, if you need help, you just need to pray harder. If, if that's an area that you're struggling in, then that's something that you just need to deal with. But God uses those areas, those, those uh, professionals to, to promote healing in those areas. One of the things that we have to focus on, so if there, there is a leaning towards anxiety, if that's something that exists in your life, and, and it's very possible. There, there are people that deal with anxiety on a day-to-day basis. The, the mentality that we have to guard against is that mentality that says, this is just the way I am. And so I'm, I'm now giving myself a free pass just to exist in this, just to indulge in this area. No, we're, we're not called to live in anxiety. That's something that, that God has not created us for. Is clinical depression and anxiety a real thing? You bet. Are there people who have that, that predisposition? Absolutely. But we have to be guarded against how we respond to it. If we respond to it by saying that there's nothing that we can do, then there's another truth that gets linked to that. That if there's truly nothing that we can do about it, then that would also be stating that God made you that way. And he didn't. And so there is an an approach that we can take, and that approach is getting help if you need to get help that way. It's changing that perspective. One of the comments that I read in an online article was that accepted anxiety at its base level is the admission that we don't think God is able to deal with our problems. Now hear that, hear that first word especially, accepted anxiety, that that area of saying this is just how I am, this is where I'm gonna live, this is truth that exists in my life. Is the base at the base level is the admission that God is unable to deal with your problems. And that's not true. If we look back at our, our past experiences, if we look back at, at the word of God and, and we look back at history, we can see time and time and time again that God is faithful, that God does what he promises. There's a, a song that I sing with my daughter. She asks for it every single night. He's got the whole world in his hands. It's true. You know, it's so, it's so easy to kind of boil this down to, <laughs> to maybe oversimplify, but he's got the whole world in his hands. He is holding all of creation. After we, we go through this process of rejecting. We, we've rejoiced, we've rejected, and then this, this last step is reorienting. We're supposed to then 
not just leave a void where more worry, more anxiety comes in, but we're called to reorient where we discipline our mind instead of focusing on the thing that we're inclined to focus on. It it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, then think about these things. Think about these things. The concerns that exist in this life are are immense. They're difficult. They're big. But God is bigger. As we we close this morning, the, the key to remember is that there is no sin that God can't handle. You haven't sinned when you have a panic attack. You haven't sinned when, when worry is, is at your door. The, the sin is just simply if we refuse to fight it. The area of mental health in the church is something that's, that's difficult to, to talk about. And it's difficult because there's not... The, the church hasn't historically gone there. I was talking with Kaylee last night, and you know we were. I got her permission to kind of share it a little bit. So Kaylee deals with general uh, anxiety disorder. She's she's a therapist. She has you know successfully been been walking through that process, and so. This is a very real topic in our household on a day-to-day basis. What does, how, how do you deal with anxiety? And so when I came to her with this topic, I was like, we're going there today. And, and I need to know, are we doing this in a way that is damaging? Because, you know, honestly, I had anxiety coming in here this morning of, am I going to do something that is going to be damaging to people and that, that they, they don't necessarily know my heart, where I'm, I'm coming from here. And so, you know, we, we talked about what I've shared, and I told her, I said, I'm going to come to you at the end so that you can undo any of the stuff that I just messed up. So, <laughs> so you know, what I would say is, you know, if you have questions, if this is something that is unclear, if this is something where you're saying, well, Matt, this is an area that I struggle with in my life, and, and I do want you to walk with me, and I, I, I want recommendations on how we can move in this area, come see us. I'll probably point you to Keely. Uh, <laughs> but this is an area that is real, and we're real people here. Okay? Just because I'm up here and you're out there doesn't mean that we're any different. It just means that, that I talk more than you do. Do you have anything that you wanted to clarify? No? Okay. So please hear my heart. I, I, I want to be super clear. I know we're going a few minutes over here. If you struggle with anxiety in your life on a day-to-day basis, this is not meant to be any type of condemnation towards you. This is meant to be an encouragement. 
that there is a God who in the midst of that anxiety is, is right there with you. Singing blessing over you. That in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of doubt, he's right there with you. And if, if you don't deal with that on a day-to-day basis and, and your worries and anxieties are, are more of those big things that exist that are outside of your control, did you know he's right there with you in the midst of that as well? I love that imagery that God is singing blessing over you. In the midst of difficulty, in the midst of hardship, you're never alone. If we look at, at the 23rd Psalm, The Lord is my shepherd, and a shepherd guards his sheep. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you that you take our mess. You take the things that that we're anxious about. You take the things that, that create worry in our life. You take the worries that we create in our own life, and you allow us to rejoice. God, that you allow us to find that everyday joy in the midst of everything. Heavenly Father, as we prepare to leave this place, as we prepare to go out into our lives, into the midst of our, our workplaces and our, our families, into the, the midst of those places where worry and anxiety are so prevalent, God, remind us of peace. God, remind us of whatever is true. Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and commendable, God. If there is any excellence or anything worthy of praise, God, help us to dwell on those things. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like more information about Wood Street Chapel, check out our website, woodstreetchapel.org, or email us, info at woodstreetchapel.org. Connect with us on Facebook to stay in the loop. 